sure that you knew that. Uh, or as I like to call Dean, uh, the travel-sized Jason Statham. He's an actor, but Dean's kind of a travel-sized version of him. Um, Dean is doing a great favor for me and the young professionals. He is teaching that class today, and in fact, as I was so excited about promoting that all of our elders are teaching the young professionals class, and it makes me so excited because I first started attending here when I was about four years old, and I think this is the first time that all the elders are teaching a class. They're, they're rotating in and out, so I'm very excited about that. So Dean is taking that class, or teaching that class this morning, and I said I would be more than happy to talk about God's game plan. All of these football analogies, I love, I love to watch football, and in fact, I actually tried out for football when I was in junior high school, and here are the two things I remember. I remember seeing the guy that I was about to go after, and I was all, I'd, I'd seen TV shows about football and how tough you got to be, and so I was just rare, rare to go and tough. So I, I saw that, and, and I saw the guy coming at me. The next thing I saw was the sky, because he put me on the ground so fast, everything else was a blur. That was, I did not make the football team. I went into band. I was a band geek, so I was very excited about that. Um, so, my football career ended right there. <laughs> I did, however, as a, as a child, play for uh, the YMCA Football League back in the 70s. That's the 1970s, not 1870s. But back in the 70s, and I was a nose guard. I was a nose guard of about 60 pounds, something like that. I should have been about 100 pounds, and I was quite, I don't know why they put me, my pads weighed about as much as I did. So they put me at nose guard, and I, I got to thinking, this is crazy. I'm on the defense. They want me to run right into this mess, right directly at them? I said, I'm going to outsmart them all. So they said, hike, and I ran sideways. I was going to go around all of that commotion and get to the guy on the ball. I thought that was a genius plan. The coach told me otherwise. Nose guards do not go left and right. They go forward. That's all they do. So that was another jarring discovery that I was not meant for football. So today we're going to talk about God's game plan, and we're going to talk about Jesus' purpose. Uh, uh, that, that's our overall strategy, his purpose for coming to earth. You remember Dean has set up a a verse, an epigraph, which is a theme verse for the quarter, and let's all say it together. The thief breaks in to only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might love, uh, might have life and have it abundantly. John ten ten. So the the purpose, the thief or the devil in this case comes in to destroy, and Jesus, God, has given uh, is giving life more abundantly. As we look in, as we get into the idea of study, we're going to be talking about study. You know, you were given a handout of a, like a football field, and today we're going to be talking about study. And uh, in study, the uh, a quote from the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels football coach Mac Brown said, "Most players don't mind drug testing one, uh, once they realize they don't have to study for it." That's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So. Uh, Mac Brown, a great coach, he's got a lot of great quotes about him as well. So when you, uh, most drives at football, they begin the 20 yards, 20 yard line, the 25 yard line. So we have to have a, a starting point. This is talking about our Christian life. We have to have a starting point 
so that we know where we're going. What are we committed to? And as we start committing in, in the idea of study in our Christian life, we must be committed to Christ. We must be committed to His church. And we must, we must have a commitment to study. All of these have to take place or else one aspect of the law, you've, you've seen a, a three-leg stool. Well, you take one leg out and you've got a problem. It's no longer a stool. Uh, so our commitment, our commitments have to be just as strong. Our commitment to Christ, our commitment to His church, the church that He established, and our commitment to His study. And you've all heard of, uh, you've seen broken plays. Broken plays are what, a lot of times, they make the, the top ten reels because those are the ones where there was an intention for something to happen on the field, but something happened to interrupt that. A bad uh, snap, uh, a high snap, a bad handoff, uh, a, a, a pass that gets bobbled up into the air, it's up for grabs, the, the old Hail Mary pass, you know, all those, all those different things uh, that happen as far as broken plays. So... Why do you think we have broken plays in our life? When, you, when you, we translate this to our own life, to our Christian life, to our everyday life, and you talk about broken plays, what happens to interrupt the intention that we have? Any ideas? Losing our focus. Very well, very well put. Uh, we have to have focus in our life. We have to know where we're going and keep our focus on that or else we start losing that focus and things start happening. Uh, uh, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, you know, when they, uh, a, a book with, uh, about them, when, uh, when he was, when Tom Sawyer was, when he'd stayed on the river, on the river boat with his river raft, everything was okay. But every time he lost focus and got off on the side of the river, Bad things started happening. All the misadventures that happened. So it's something that we always have to do. We always have to keep, keep that focus. What else? What else can uh, give us broken plays in our lives? Pardon? Being tempted. Being tempted. Le letting those things just overcome us in our lives that uh, that will cause us to derail, cause us to lose uh, lose our path. Uh, we're supposed to focus on God, on His kingdom, but when we let those temptations happen, that's where we start uh, where we start losing you know losing our uh, our losing our focus again. But we start sinning, we start falling back. Uh, I have a problem. I can't sit in the back of the church. I cannot sit. You know. It's cool to sneak in there and you know and sit in the back, you know, and all that. But man, there's so much that happens all the way up here. Hands move, head movement, somebody falling over, whatever it might be. All these things happen, and it is tough for me to sit back because I can't focus on that. I, I'm ADD was not invented back in my day, but I'm sure I would have had it. I'm sure I would have been diagnosed with it if they had it, but. Uh, you've got to be able to maintain that focus and you've got to uh, keep, that, keep that focus. So, anything else? Let me throw out one, anger. How many times has anger caused you to sin, caused you to lose that focus? Uh, do you drive in Montgomery? Have you experienced some of that? We have some wonderful drivers 
outside of Montgomery. But then we've got Montgomery drivers that do feel that they, they obviously don't have you know, great insurance, so they don't really care. So they're, they're going to run up on you. They're going to change those lanes just randomly. You know, I think I'll go in this lane now. Uh, so it's, it's just a, a great fun to drive in our city, but it makes me angry. Uh, so what do you do with that anger? You know, it's, it's tough to be angry and sin not. That, that's, that's where the uh, true discipline comes in, which I believe you'll be talking about next week. Uh, sometimes we uh, ask uh, in a kind of a complacent way, why, why am I doing this? Why do I maintain this focus? Why do I continue day after day after day to struggle as a Christian where all, all the people around me seem to be doing so much better? The people that I drove by on the way in that were just leisurely walking out into the yard getting ready to cut their grass. Well, I'm going to church. And they're out there doing little yard work and stuff and, uh, or you know, heading to the lake or something like that. Uh, sometimes you ask, why? Why am I, uh, why am I doing this? Um, and in the game of life, sometimes you ask why. But in uh, 2 Timothy uh, 2.15 where I had it. There it is. 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So one way that we can maintain that focus, one way that we can uh, handle our anger, we can handle our complacency, and, and when we ask why, is to study. You know, a conversation takes two parts. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who did not have a conversation with you back? And they call you a stalker because you continue to talk to them and they don't want to talk to you? You run into people like that? Okay, it's just me. But there are situations where you have a conversation with someone and they don't, they don't conversate back. Well, how do you think God feels when he's, he, uh, he sent his son to die for us, he, we chose to be a Christian, and now we're not talking? We're not talking to each other. We're, uh, we may pray occasionally and this kind of thing, but we're not letting God speak to us. Because how does God speak to us? Through the Scripture, through the Bible. He, is, he has given His inspired Word so that we could have all the knowledge we need, all of it. And just reading through a manual one time, uh, if you've ever done any mechanic work, any, uh, any kind of work with tools or anything, or electronics, reading through it one time, it doesn't always stick. Sometimes you got to read through it a couple of times or go back and refer to it. Uh, of course, nowadays, you know, my best friend is the Google. Because uh, anything, I, I remember back in the old days, pre-internet, uh, when we were riding dinosaurs to school. Yeah. So back before the internet, uh, somebody asked a question like, um, how many, how many, hit records did this uh, music artist have? I don't know, a bunch. And we kind of went on with our lives. We didn't care. But now it's like, doop, 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 47. You know, you can, you can find out anything you want on the, uh, on the world wide webs, as they call it, as I call it. So uh, having that uh, studying, continuing to study, is how we let God talk to us. And we talk to God through prayer, uh, which I believe you studied last week, uh, or, your, or it's coming up. So, we have to study. We have to develop that discipline of daily study. What, what does your daily routine look like? When you get up in the morning, do you have a daily routine? I think the older you get, 
the more that routine becomes sort of set in stone. And if somebody messes up that routine, then you start saying, what, what did you mean? This is my 7.15 to 7.30, contemplate the universe time, and now you're wanting to talk about the budget or whatever it might be. Something happens and it messes up that routine and it is, it's tough. It's tough to break that, uh, to break those habits, to break that routine. Well, uh, the idea of studying the Bible is just the same way. The idea of anything worthwhile requires to, be, to uh, make it a, a habit that we do on a daily basis, that we do without thinking. I, uh, I work at uh, Alpha, Alpha Insurance Building, and I have a little name badge. It has a cool little zippy thing on it, and I wear that every day. And I can't tell you how many times I've come to church with that badge on on a Sunday. I wasn't going to work, but I, it's on, and I don't even think about it. And I come to church and say, well, at least I can get something from the cafeteria later. It's not open. But... Uh, but but have, but going through those routines means you're doing it without thinking. That means it's not a burden to you. When you do anything for the first time, when you start the diet, when you start exercising, when you start uh, uh, doing something out of the routine of your normal everyday life, it, it's a pain because it's breaking that normal routine. It's exerting yourself in some way that you weren't expecting to exert yourself. But once you do that over and over and over again, it becomes uh, a, a habit for you. And then you start w yearning for that. You start expecting that to happen. And when it doesn't happen, then you start getting upset. I wasn't able to do that because uh, that I wasn't able to study my Bible today, which I normally do because my routine got interrupted. You also have to be flexible. I think we'll we talk about that a little bit. But anyway, uh, developing that means developing a discipline. So... Uh, we were talking about earlier about complacency. So why do we feel spiritually stagnant? Sometimes we get to that point where we're in the doldrums. We're, uh, we're in that area of, of burnout, of uh, complacency, and uh, of, of other things, that other outside forces that cause us to uh, become stagnant in our work. Burnout, uh, spiritual burnout is, is a real thing. And, and it's something that you have to overcome. You have to actively overcome. Maybe you need to take a break from a certain work for a little bit, but don't get complacent <laughs> in the fact that you're not doing that or not doing a work because it's so easy to fall back into that routine of just, uh, just coming to church regularly, faithfully coming to church and then leaving. And I'll, I'll, be see, I'll see you next week. You know, I'll, I'll see you at the next, uh, next door opening. Uh, but there's so much more that goes on here that that, that needs our attention. You know, this building, uh, we, don't, we have paid staff, but they're not paid to do everything. They're not paid to, uh, to uh, go out and uh, do benevolence work, and, and they're not paid to teach, and they're not paid, you know, necessarily. But it, it's our job. This is the, the most difficult aspect of church work is that you do not get paid on this earth. You'll get paid later. It's deferred payment. Uh, it's a great one, though. If you can, if you can, you know, if you can hold on that long, it, it's a great deferred payment. But, uh, but it's volunteers. It's people like you and like me that uh, decide that we're going to keep this, uh, keep this work going, keep this church going. So, we talk about why. If we need a why, let's look at some different whys that we can uh, that we can adhere to. 
Uh, number one, why should we continue? Why should we study? Why should we grow stronger as a Christian? Because it's commanded by God. Uh, in uh, Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell, uh, richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. How can something dwell richly in us when we only let it in by sitting in a pew and reading a screen once a week for a verse? How, how does that happen? And I'm not, I'm not coming down on you because I am just as much in this, in, in this uh, realm as, as everybody else. It, it is, it's easy to slide back in the routine of the daily work and just stop thinking about it. Uh, my most, some of my most wonderful uh, times are when I'm asked to teach because that is forcing me that I'm going to have to get in the scriptures every single day, that I'm going to have to be ready for that class or ready for the next topic. But if something dwells richly in you, what, what dwells richly in your heart? I guess during this time of year, it would be uh, uh, college football and pumpkin spice or something like that, depending on who I'm talking to. If you like both, then you're very unique. Uh, so there, there are so many things that, that dwell richly in us, the things that we can think of instantly that make you happy, that make you motivated, that make you want to do this, that, or the other thing. Well, God's Word needs to dwell as richly as some of those things dwell in our hearts. And the only way we're going to do that is if we let it in, if we let that Scripture in. And that only happens when we take the time out of our daily routine and get into the Word a little bit and get into the Word and, and, and study it. Reason number two, if we need a why, is the Bible is reliable and completely true. John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. Uh, th this is, we, are li we are living in interesting times, to say the least. Everything is questioned, including gender. Everything, everything is questioned these days. And the, the problem is, society's answer is, you make it up. You make up your own truth. You create the world, the environment, the reality that you want to create, and everybody else is just going to have to deal with it. Well, there is absolute truth. There are things that are true, and we find all of those truths in the Bible. And that's where the conundrum lies with society is that if we find absolute truth in the Bible, if we can say that that is wrong, then we are the, uh, you know, we are harassing people now. We're triggering people, if you will, uh, because we are uh, judging them, but not by our standard, but by the standard set up by the Bible. And it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to have, even have an opinion about what absolute truth is, but we must defend it. Not, not to be antagonistic or anything, but we certainly must have absolute truth or we will have absolute anarchy. So the Bible is reliable and completely true. Reason number three, if you need a why, Scripture has saving power. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, uh, And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in which in which is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> what a, what a simple and powerful verse this is. Uh, 2 Timothy 
it, it, I, would, I would try to mark that down, try to remember, because there's so much that's involved in that. Uh, study your Bible, sacred writings, and be baptized for the remission of your sins, the wisdom that leads to salvation. Because Jesus died for our sins through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How, uh, that, that says it all. That says everything we need to know. We need to study the Bible. We need to become saved. And we need to adhere to the teachings of Christ. Uh, it, it's so powerful and so simple at the same time. So, so the scripture has saving power. Reason number four, because it works. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be adequate, uh, equipped for every good work. Well, this is, uh, this is a great scripture to lean on because it tells us that all of these things, that the, the sage advice, uh, the, uh, the uh, judgments that are, that are issued in the Bible, they're all true. They're all, they all work. And that's what we need to look at. With this knowledge of the inspired scripture, we can handle anything. That should give us a pretty good feeling that we have the ability to handle anything that life throws at us. Now, it's not going to be a cakewalk. There are going to be some things that life throws at you that are going to be difficult to take. When close, when close loved ones pass on, it's difficult, to, to, it's difficult sometimes to move past some of that. When someone that you thought was a friend betrays you, when you thought they were so close, when they betray you in some way, it's tough to move on from that. When someone absolutely does you wrong, it's difficult to move past that. Uh, the story I've given, and I, I, I think I've calculated, I probably have like 12 stories, and I, I need to get more, but these just come from my experiences of life. But uh, Ben Slauson, uh, great man of God who used to worship here, uh, he's, he's passed on now, but uh, he had a story that he told that he was in construction at one time, and somebody... Uh, defrauded him, stole $5,000 from him, which back in those days was a lot of money. I know it's like chicken feed now, but no, it's real. But uh, he, he uh, had that money. So every time he saw that person, it just boiled him up over and over again. Every time he saw it, it just made him so mad. And he realized that every time he saw that person, he lost that $5,000 again. Every single time. So he said, I probably lost about $50,000 because I kept getting angry at the guy. I finally had to let that go because that man's actions were controlling me, first of all, but that man's actions were causing me to lose that money all over again. So in your, uh, when we're in our daily life, when things happen to us, we can let them fester. When, when uh, that person cuts us off in traffic, we can just get so mad and boiled up and just, I just ruined my whole day from that drive. And meanwhile, the, the, nice, the nice lady who cut you off drives merrily along, not a care in the world, knowing that, not even knowing that she's controlling your whole day. Well, don't let that person control your whole day. Don't lose that money over and over again. Things will happen to us. We need to get past it. We have a greater purpose here on earth. We're not just here to get the job and make the money and buy the stuff and, you know, all these kinds of things. We have a greater purpose. 
we're here and God is God blesses us so much in this country and individually all the time. But we have a greater purpose that rises above the things that can make the petty things of life that can make us, uh, that, that can control us, that can make us lose our focus and lose our way on that path. So consider the benefits of starting your day, your daily, uh, starting your day with a daily Bible study. Uh, this is how we can, it's a routine to get into. You, you'll have a better character, better in, a greater influence, uh, more usefulness, increased peace. Uh, a couple of quarters ago, last quarter, uh, I taught the young professionals class and we talked about a, what I called a spiritual growth ring. We took the uh, Sermon on the Mount and I, I kind of diagrammed it as a circle. And what I said was, it, it, and it's cyclical. The things that, when I was finding that the study of the Sermon on the Mount, the things would feed into each other, all the different aspects of what Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. But then when you got to the end, I, I, I realized that it's kind of cyclical. It continues to circle. That once you realize that all of these things, where I, where I have my treasures, who do I, you know, where my idols are, and all of the things that happen, that I have to reevaluate myself and start over. I have to renew myself all the time. And you'll find that in your life that you don't get to a point as a Christian where you say, I'm good. I guess I don't need any more. I can, re I can retire as a Christian. Well, it just doesn't work that way because the devil does not take a break. He continues to work on us. He may work on us actively by putting temptations in our path, or he may work on us passively by saying, you don't need to show up for church. It's okay. You take one night off. You, you're a great person. You've done well. That's how the devil will work in our lives. And that's how he, when he gets a toehold in there, when he gets a foot in the, in the door, that's how uh, he can get into our lives and start controlling us through active means and through passive means. But uh, going back to the circle, when, once you complete that, then you'll find that your influence begins to grow, that you have more influence on others, that you are uh, affecting others around you because you're continuously renewing yourself on a, on a daily basis. And that is, that's what that influence, you'll, you'll notice that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Your confidence about your Christianity grows on a daily basis. Your ability to recall verses, to recall passages, to recall uh, Bible thoughts and ideas becomes easier to, to pull from your memory. And it, it, it's something that we can always use. And of course, the increased peace, the peace that passes all understanding. The, it is the idea that, uh, that I can handle what's happening. It's so difficult to see when folks, when things happen to them, and, it, and it, bad things happen. Bad things happen to all of us. But when they do, to see them so adversely affected by it, they, they give in. They blame God. They uh, reject God's word. They reject God's church. They reject all these things and they let that just happen. Well, the, the peace that we have to have is kind of like the uh, sense that when if you're the only grown-up in a room full of kids, you kind of have a bigger perspective, a greater perspective than what, than what the kids have. Their interests kind of happen around them visually, whatever they can see. 
But you as the adult, you can, you're, if you're in the same room, you're seeing other things. You're seeing, are, are they safe? Uh, you know, are they, are they fed? Uh, are they clothed? Are they, you know, the, the, the interest that we have, the, the perspective that we have is so much greater than that of somebody who is not developed. Same thing as a Christian. When you're a Christian, when you're a young Christian, your perspective as a young Christian is not really, a, it, it's not as broad, and it really shouldn't be. You should not be expected when you first enter the church to, be, to know everything and to do everything. You should be expected to be given some, you know, that, that grace period, of course, to, to learn and to grow. But we are expected to grow. We are expected to become more than just, I've got a membership card, so I'm good. I put that in my pocket and I pull it out when I need to show it to somebody and I'm all good. More is expected of us, and rightly so. What did God do for us? And what are we expected to do for Him? So that increased peace is, uh, is very, uh, very important. It's a buffer for the things that happen to us. We are a busy people, are we not? So many things. If, uh, if, if, if I didn't have my uh, calendar, I, I, didn't know, I don't know what I would do tomorrow. I don't know what would happen. Uh, I, Monday is meeting day for me. So there's like three or four different meetings that happen on a Monday. So not necessarily looking forward to it, but I will willingly be there. So... We're busy people. Our lives are constantly packed with things to do. Uh, depending on your stage in life, those things include children uh, or they include uh, uh, parents or things like that. And um, uh, let's see, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil, making the most of your time. Isn't that interesting that even that, even the idea of being covered up with, with uh, projects and meetings and things like that, even that is covered, because the days are evil. And it's not the day itself that's evil, it's what can be contained in that day that can affect us, that can be the evil part. Uh, we get up, we get ready for work, we can dro we drop the kids off. Uh, I'll tell you, the, uh, one of the greatest moments we had, I mean, I don't know why I remember this particular moment, but when my oldest son got his driver's license, that was one of the greatest days of my life. Because at the time, we were living in Wetumpka, I was working in Montgomery, and the kids were going to school in Prattville. I was covering three counties every single day. So when Michael, became, when he was 15 and got his learner's permit, the first thing we did is, we're going to jump on that interstate. I want you to be used to that interstate. So when he turned 16, I said, keys, car, later. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, it was like a gift I gave myself. So, uh, but, there are, uh, but getting the kids to work, going to work, uh, diligently doing your work, uh, picking the kids up, extracurricular activities. I, I, if uh, we had kids that did sports and, uh, and loved those times, uh, but I do kind of chuckle when I see people packing in the minivan, heading off to the field. I remember those days, buddy. Uh, spending all day at the ball field. I mean, it was great times, great times that I love to remember uh, about the past. But, um, but all the extracurricular stuff that happens, get home, supper, uh, maybe a little downtime, and hey, it's time for bed. 
And then you know what you're going to do tomorrow? Same thing over and over and over again. We are busy people. Uh, I, I love to talk to retirees. Uh, I'm, I'm closer to that side than I am the other side. So I love to talk to them. And uh, one of my good friends who retired, I, I, I'll ask him, what do you do tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? He said, whatever I want for however long I want to do it. <laughs> so so um, being retired, you know, you, you, you kind of have that, uh, that ability to do those, uh, to do whatever you want. Uh, don't let that stop you from doing good stuff, though. Um, so we are, we are busy, but we have to make time. You make time for things that you want to make time for. If there's an interest that you have, you will carve out a few minutes for that. It's easy to do because you want it, because you want to do that. Bible stu- let's, let's, let's make Bible study that priority, some aspect of it, even if it's just reading some scripture and kind of meditating on that scripture. Find that time. Uh, there, are, uh, there are many ways that we can do that. So uh, I call this, when you find that time, a win-win. A win, when are you going to find the time to do it? Win, W-I-N. So it's a win-win situation. It's more visual, I guess, than anything. You have to see it up there. So, uh, so we, if we're looking for a win-win situation, if a, if a coach, uh, if you were a coach, would you like your players to prepare before or after a game? Wouldn't that be funny if a team went out on the field, and which my team looked like they had practiced after the game but yesterday, but... Um, if they went out on the field and they didn't know what they were doing, who's the quarterback? Well, I don't know. Uh, that guy's got a number 12 on him. Give it to him. You know, let him do it. Uh, and he'll throw the ball. And then after the game, after they were utterly defeated, the coach said, all right, we're going to do a practice so we can get these plays down. Well, that, that kind of is uh, counterintuitive, I think, is what you would call it. it kind of, it's a little too late now. You prepare prior to uh, going to the game and prior to playing the game. Uh, it, it's, and it's something that we do in every aspect of life. We've got to practice. Uh, have you ever had, you know, have you ever had one of those situations where you knew you were going to have to have a, con- a conversation or confrontation with somebody, but you had time to prepare for it? I, re- I really hate those times because it's like, I grow through all of these scenarios about I'm going to have to have this meeting and it becomes, you know, it gets pent up in me because like I've got to have this meeting with somebody and I'm not going to like it. It's not going to be a good one. It was kind of like when Karen, when we were, when we had, uh, when the boys were younger, <laughs> Karen would call me and say, I'll, I will not name the child, but child did something and you're going to have to spank him when you get home. And I, I said, but I'm not even mad. If I was mad about it, it's easy to go right to spanking. But I'm having a pretty good day, and now i got to go home and... Ugh. So I said, you did this to me, you child. <laughs> so, but when, you, when it just happens, it happens. But when you have to prepare for it, you, you play it over, and you play the scenarios over in your mind. So uh, you prepare every day for it. If, if the coach tells you to play a game, you want to pr- practice beforehand. The benefits of starting your day with study, and there are benefits to starting your day with study and prayer because it kind of starts your mind already on that focus. When you, when you start your day in a certain way, it really sets the tone for how your day may go. Things will happen along the way, but there are certainly ways that you can do that. 
uh, find what fits in your life with, uh, and, and make a new habit. Find a way to do that. One of my favorite uh, prayer times is in my car on the way to work. Uh, now, I don't, I don't bow my head necessarily, but I'm, 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 I'm very uh, penitent in the, in the way that I approach God, but I talk to God. Uh, we, we were talking about in, in the last quarter, yeah, in the last quarter, we were talking about studying the Psalter uh, aspects of Psalms in prayer life. We were talking about the difference between a Calvinist and a Psalmist in prayer. Calvinists approach prayer in a way that is more, uh, whatever your will is for me, God, let me change my life to make sure that I adhere to your will. If you'll read Psalms, their attitude is somewhat more bold. They would say, I am going to, I want to do this, God, and I want it to be your will. So I would like your will to line up with my actions. And that's kind of a bold statement. But it is, it is one that, you know, uh, uh, Randy Bailey, who wrote that, that book, he had a uh, story that he would, that he said that, um, a preacher was going to, and he said that here when, when he was here that Wednesday night when we started that study. He said a preacher was offered a job and he was so torn up about it. The, the, the congregation was praying for him to make a decision. He said, I just don't know what God's will is for me. And Randy said, are you going to do God's will if you stay? And he said, yes, and then God will bless you. Are you going to do God's will if you leave and go to this other work? He said, yes, with all my heart. And then well, he said, well, then just make up your mind. Just do one. If your intent is to do God's will in either way, do the be make the best decision for you, but understand that you're doing it to do God's will. And, that, and that's something that we, we kind of have trouble with that. We'd rather, let me make all the decisions that I don't know to make uh, so that I can hopefully line up with your will. Well, do your passion and do it with the intent of doing God's will. And if it's not God's will, you'll know it. Things will happen to you that you will know that this was not a good idea. That I need to, I need to do a, a pivot and change. So uh, I can't believe time is running out. on. So different ways that you can uh, have this win-win situation is uh, by your bed. You can, you can start a study uh, before you start your day. Right at, right at your bedtime. Uh, right on your bed. Uh, sitting down for breakfast or coffee, uh, in the carpool, dropping off the kids, listening to audio lessons. I, I listen. I also I like listening to podcasts, and there are inspirational podcasts. You know, two minutes, three minutes, that kind of put you in a better mindset. You know, you can you can listen to those. Uh, there are uh, our all of our lessons here are on our website in an audio form that you can, and they're on a podcast that you can uh, subscribe to. And so there, there, there are many opportunities that we can keep that good, spirit, good, good thoughts going in us. Uh, read during your lunch break uh, in a reading room. I, you, I remember, you all, if you remember the movie The War Room, that, the idea was having a room set aside so that you, a war room set aside so you could pray about the things without the distractions of the world. Well, maybe you need such a room, a reading room, so that you can get away from the distractions of the world and concentrate on study. So uh, find that special place. Maybe uh, 
you know, maybe it's the back porch, maybe it's a park bench, you know, whatever that place might be. Maybe it needs to be a certain place so that you know when I go to that place, that's my intent. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to study. Uh, also, you've got to be flexible. If, you, if, if you've had kids, uh, it, you know, if you live in this world, you know about being flexible. Things will happen. Things will change in your life. So you've got to make sure that you're flexible with those things, that you can, uh, that you can make situations happen uh, that will uh, still uh, achieve the goal, but in a different way. So there's no perfect place, uh, time, place, or way to study the Bible. But the, the key is to find what works for you. Some people uh, like to have a systematic way where they say, I'm going to go through this, this chapter, this verse. I'm going to go through this book, and I'm going to study this way. Or I have a study guide that I'm going to use. Some people are like, I'm just going to let the book fall open, and I'm going to discover what's in there. Uh, one of my favorites is I, I will go to the book of James all the time. Five chapters. You can read it in about ten minutes. Uh, it, it is it, it is chock full of wonderful thoughts and ideas, but it's a quick read. There, there are lots of uh, chapters, lots of books, especially in the New Testament, that are like that. Short reads that you can get through, and then you can apply them to your life. You can, uh, you can make them a part of you. Uh, so the... Uh, uh, we all need to be to simplify our lives. Uh, sometimes that's just not possible, but we need to simplify our lives and make time for study and to study our Bible to talk and to talk to our Heavenly Father on a daily basis. Have that conversation. It's two ways. We talk to God through prayer. God talks to us through Scripture. Let's make sure we continue doing that. And of course, we'll have many blessings. So our challenge this week is to start your day early, every day this week with a few minutes of daily Bible study and prayer. Just try it this week. If you have not done so, this is a great time to start. We're going, you know, every morning get up and just find something to read, something to, to study on. Uh, let's, let's see what happens in a week. How do you feel in a week? Are you, are you more, do you feel closer to God? It's tough to, to, to build that relationship, you know, if you're not commuting together. And that's, a, uh, that's the most special relationship that we could possibly have. So I encourage you, take some time out this week, uh, just a few minutes, and, and uh, get up just a few minutes earlier or before you, uh, before you hit the road, before you start your day and things just go crazy. Start your day that way. Find someone to hold you accountable, uh, a spouse, uh, a friend, uh, check with them every day. Hey, did, were you able to do your study today? A quick text back and forth. It doesn't take a lot of effort, but the benefits are so much worth it. The return on investment will be unbelievable. Uh, they, can, they can change the world. Uh, so, and as an added one, uh, pray for each other. I, and I ask you to do that now. I mean, if you're not talking to someone, pray for the folks in this room. Pray for the folks in this congregation. Pray for all of us that will continue to grow as, as uh, Christians and grow closer together. Thank you very much. Hey.